Hello. Hi. So here we are for part two. Yes. Of the Nicaraguan Revolution. Exciting. Do you want to give us a recap for the class? Oh shit. Okay. Um, <laughs> you think quiz. you'd think I'd know because uh, I actually lost like thirty minutes of editing and had to redo it. So I listened to the first part twice. Oh no. <laughs> it sucks. wouldn't save. It was it was really fucking annoying that's the downside to audacity it's freeware i love it mm-hmm. but it's freeware but it's and freeware it's, <laughs> it's a little rough around the edges sometimes sometimes it'll just be like no i can't bring that dialogue window up for you it's not gonna happen <laughs> okay last time on nicaragua so there was a civil war and it was between like libs and conservatives and they're like trying to get a new constitution all this shit and in that, a guy named uh, Sandino. Okay, yeah, Sandino. I could only remember Sandista, so yeah. Sandinista, so I couldn't remember his name. Um, he was like cool, and people liked him. Um, and he like started his own. Like he didn't give up whenever they like made a treaty. He's like, "Fuck that! It's stupid." And went off in the mountains to keep fighting. And um, then he got got. Um, they cut off his head or whatever. Maybe we don't know. The cool version of the story. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so they got him. And um, then the, uh, what's their fucking names? The bad guys. The bad guys gave him power. I don't remember their names. Starts with an S. Okay. Samosas. Yeah. There we go. So the Samosa dynasty started up and these guys were super corrupt and like made a black market for themselves and stole a bunch of money and just, you know, typical fascist kind of shit. Yeah. And then some cool guys, um, I, one of them was like David Ortiz, maybe? Ortega. Mm, Daniel. Daniel Ortega. 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 Yeah. Some guys, some cool guys um, were like, this sucks, we're gonna start our own shit. And this was like a student movement. And so they they called themselves the Sandinistas in honor of Sandino, and started a guerrilla warfare campaign based off of Cuba's style, and start taking over the countryside, liberating towns and shit. And yeah, they like won eventually <laughs> because earthquake. Yeah. And also, hello, dog. <laughs> and also. America pulled out mm -hmm. because earthquake and there was another reason oh the Christmas party heist mm, yeah that was cool they got a bunch of money for taking hostages and yeah basically they win and um, oh they get to rocket launcher that Ortega or not Ortega guy uh, Samosa guy yeah in uh, Paraguay mm-hmm but yeah, they take over and they start doing socialism, but they don't go all the way. They do some land reform but and don't do enough of it, IMO, but they do some other cool shit like literacy and healthcare and stuff. Yeah, classic communist classics, healthcare and education. Mm -hmm. We're really good at that. We're a fan of those, yeah. If you like those, we're the place for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, good, that's a good recap. Thank you. So that's where we are picking up the story with the Sandinistas in charge, like originally that, that first part we were talking about, mm -hmm. they were part of the uh, Junta of National Reconstruction. Okay. So this was them plus the other, like the liberal kind of anti-Samosa groups, you know? Uh, and last time, at some point we covered that the 
non-Sandinista members of that. They started leaving. Yeah, they were kind of sidelined. I mean, they didn't really have the, the major role, and so they would lose all the votes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it's not that they just agreed all the time, but a lot of times they did. Yeah. And so they 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 resigned. It ended up being just the Sandinistas in charge there doing the things. Although it's important, like you said, they they weren't going all the way. They were pretty committed to this mixed economy idea, mm-hmm. a multi-party system eventually, like once they did elections again, something like 60, 50 to 60% of their GDP was private sector. Ooh, still. Okay. That's, eh, you know, that's not a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. that's in terms of uh, government, uh, the, the, the people weren't in charge of most of the Yeah, economy. they're not nationalizing everything. Yeah. Did they nationalize... Some I mean, nationalized stuff. healthcare, I guess. Yeah, they okay. nationalized some things, uh, you know, notably schools and stuff. Not really a GDP producer, but still. Uh, yeah. It's just maybe the commanding heights of the economy. Some of that was, you know, the, mm-hmm. the big sectors. But the the junta thing is supposed to be temporary. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. Uh, it starts when the Sandinistas take power in 79. Uh, and in 1984, they have an election. Okay. Part of the reason is foreign policy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ronald Reagan has been talking shit about them the entire time they've been in power. I'm sure. And not just talking shit. Okay. Uh, Reagan, under his administration, they'd started, they, they'd cut off economic aid to Nicaragua. Uh, they had started shipping weapons there. For whom? Uh, for some rebel groups. That they were backing. Okay. These guys are called the Contras. Yeah. Broadly speaking. Uh, But there are specific groups within that. Uh, The core of the Contras goes back to the Somoza regime. Oh, were these the guys that like lost power when Somoza went away? They're like, hey, I used to get like a lot of shit. Yeah, but specifically they were like the armed thugs part of it. The National Mm. Guard. Okay. Those guys. So the ex National Guard, and when they lost power, they started uh, basically these criminal outfits mm-hmm. uh, slash rebel groups or whatever. They were doing uh, okay. You know, we should I guess be fair. They're doing some of the same shit that like the Sandinistas were doing, but but they're shitty for the bad guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were doing like kidnappings and you know ransoms and bank robberies and shit. But not for cool reasons. Yeah. So we, so we don't like <laughs> so it. So we don't I mean, like it. Uh, one example is the 15th of September Legion. That's one of these ex-National Guard okay. groups. And later these guys, uh, well, later we say, but this is like in 1981 before this election, just to set the background. They merge with some of the now kind of anti-Sandinista liberal mm. type opposition groups. Yep. Uh, at least the ones ready to take more action. And they describe it as like, oh, we didn't really want to join with the Contras, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Half of that, I think, maybe depends on the person, but maybe like, I want to distance myself from the terrible shit they did. <laughs> uh, but also, this was at the insistence of the CIA and also Argentine intelligence was like, you guys need to merge. You guys need to form a group oh. that we can give aid to. Okay, okay. <laughs> so this was... Essentially, wholly built from parts that were there already, uh-huh. domestic parts, but it was assembled and built up into the Contras <laughs> by the U.S. Wow. And their 
right-wing South American allies. Wow. Uh, quick note, listeners, we got a lot of cats running around. Our theory is that Dave and Dan are outside with the Havana Rays. Yeah. Designed specifically to make animals go crazy because just everyone's meowing and jingling. So, good See, luck. But Havana Rays, that's the ones that uh, make the <laughs> make the CIA guys, you know, stomach turn at what they've done in their mm, past but okay we gotta so we just we're airing the theory now mm-hmm. we could name it the managua ray because that's yeah the yeah we go nicaragua and this is the first time we're mentioning it but they definitely have some sort of animal control absolutely beams yeah animal chaos beam <laughs> happens Harris every time oh she's uh, terrible okay the group the the main contra group that's formed by by this nucleus yeah. of the guards and everything, uh, this is called the Nicaraguan Democratic Force. Oh wow! Okay, what yeah. a name! Yeah, very democratic. Mm-hmm. Super democratic. Uh, and they had kind of kicked off operations in 1981, like in in that merger. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And they're based in Honduras, like camps kind of on the border there. Yeah. They're able to be protected there by some 4,000 American troops Jesus. that are stationed. So they know they're not going to get invaded or anything. So what is the point of this strategically? Is it just because they're, this is a socialist government and we don't like it? There's different theories. Reagan, for example, said, oh, I, uh, we're, we're protecting, right? Obviously, the communists are going to try to expand and... This, you know, Nicaragua is this bloodthirsty communist regime sort of thing. They weren't. No, they weren't really like communist communist. They were soft allies maybe with the Soviet Union. I mean, in Cuba, for sure, they were allies. Definitely Cuba. They weren't pro-U.S. They were Uh anti-U.S., you should say. That's fair. That's just a lack of nuance. I would, you know, like, obviously they're not just some sort of monolith and that, that that's cold war mm-hmm. nonsense uh another is that it's not a good example okay. to have uh. an independent you know fully sovereign american country mm-hmm. that's providing for its people mm-hmm. that's having democratic elections that's wiping away in 10 years, so many of the grotesquities of, of the 40, 50 years of Somoza rule. Yeah. So there was this element of, uh, we've got to take this, take this example away. Wow. If we're going to maintain our dominance, the U.S. dominance in the Western Hemisphere. Okay. You know, Cuba was already a big eyesore to them, and, uh-huh. you know, black eye to them. They didn't want another loss, basically, in wow. that main. That's, you know, another way to look at it. Is why, well, we need to destabilize it. We need to get rid of these guys. So yeah, that's that's kind of okay. So like typical Cold War reasoning. Yeah, I I would say it's in this case. I think it's very obvious that they're not trying to export this revolution mm-hmm. to nearby countries. One of the things Reagan actually does claim is that they were aiding uh, rebel groups in El Salvador. I want to say uh-huh. uh, one some country. In Central America, they may or may not have, but they're kind of just doing their own thing. Yeah, that's the majority of their focus. Yeah, they're just trying to like recover from a brutal dictatorship. 
Yeah, and honestly, to the extent that even if they were trying to aid rebel groups, I support it, so... Yeah, I mean, I that's really, also cool. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really talk too much shit about that, I guess. But it just... Uh, I subscribe more to the aspect of we can't have a good example. Yeah. There may have been elements of the expansion that may also... You know, we always say two things can be true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's that was the main driving factor was, let's take down this uh this is alternative cool. <laughs> yeah as, as thatcher said there is no alternative mm-hmm. capitalism has to make that true or else people are going to be less likely to submit yeah. in colonial holdings like that in places that you consider your backyard you know those yeah. those oppressed countries are going to be less likely to submit and your own people too true you know so you had these contra groups that had started that had formed in 1981 around there mm-hmm. and started disruptive violent activities like how um, many people are we talking like is this a large portion of the population or is it sounds like it's a kind of a minority it is a minority okay. approximately a hundred thousand okay it's a population of uh a couple million like two million yeah uh and that's 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 really counting so you have a dedicated crew that the kind of initial nucleus they quickly end up essentially uh, mercenaries. Yeah, because yeah. Because they're paid. I mean, they're paid. They're and all they, paid? They eventually, like, well, once once the money starts rolling uh-huh. in from the U.S., these guys are paid and they're given, like, AK-47s and, and fully yeah. armed to the teeth. Jesus uh, Christ. They pass out knives to them. and everything. They, they, they arm these guys. Yeah. And pay them monthly stipends and stuff. Like, they, they, this, so we their numbers it. We created this. Okay. Yeah. That's the interesting thing about Ugh. this, I think. They are, like we said, based in Honduras. So many of them were, especially that core group, mm-hmm. were illegally and secretly trained in Florida. Ooh, okay, okay. And like, you know, secret commando camps yeah. and shit. And they start doing these, you know, brutal, uh, you know, attacks on, on people and stuff like this and, and doing war crimes. yeah. Uh, and that's that's kind of one of the things that's that's happening as this election uh, comes into play. And, and, and Reagan's, you know, talking shit, stirring up shit, gets reelected in 1984. Ugh. And the Sandinistas are thinking, this guy's going to kick our door in. Mm-hmm. It's a logical next step. We need to have a democratically elected government in place. Yes. So he can't just say, oh, these guys are anti-democratic, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah. One less excuse for the U.S. to come. Or at least, like, it'll look really bad if they do. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they have enough shame not to do that. <laughs> so they have the election in 1984. Seven parties, seven political parties take part. Okay. Who we got? You got Sandinistas. You got various, you know, center to right wing parties. Mm-hmm. But you also had parties that that did not, that abstained. You had this coalition of right-wing parties, uh, the Social Christians, the Social mm. Democrats, and the Constitutional Liberal Parties. And they abstained? And, yeah, so they were called, they were together, the group was called the Democratic Coordinating Committee. Mm-hmm. Which just sounds like... Sounds boring. Like the, yeah, but like the like the Democratic Party coordinating committee. I don't know. It sounds like the DCCC or something. Yeah, like they, they like plan who's bringing the snacks. Yeah. <laughs> who's going to take down the, the chairs afterwards. But within their groups, 
they were arguing and like, oh, should we participate? Oh, you know? what the fuck? And the U.S. was uh, eventually decided like, no, you guys should not participate. Oh my God, why not? Well, this is great. So they're encouraging them like, don't participate, don't make these elections legitimate. Mm-hmm. And so they don't. And so then they can say, it's not legitimate. And so right oh afterward, my God. Uh, they, they, they call it a Soviet-style sham <sighs> because the people that they encouraged not to be in the election... <laughs> Weren't in the election. Yeah. And they weren't banned. Like, they had initially, the Sandinistas put forward, like, their electoral law. Mm-hmm. And they were like, this is what we want the elections to look like, Participa- participation rules, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. The opposition groups were like, no, that's too restrictive. We want these changes, blah, blah, blah. And they conceded. They were like, okay, like, we're going to extend that. We're going to extend these <sighs> registration deadlines so people can, you know, their parties can join later. They gave they way did to everything that. right. <laughs> and then so they were annoying. like, yeah, just kidding. We don't want to be in this, these stupid elections. That's so fucking annoying. And then they were like, yeah, uh, that's a that's a sham. You guys. <laughs> yeah, the, the results of the election. The sham election. Of the sham election. <laughs> uh, the Sandinistas, their party now, since basically taking power, they had been led by Daniel Ortega. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they win around 67% of the vote. Nice. Uh, and then the Democratic Conservative Party got 14%. The Independent Liberal Party got 9%. The Popular Social Christian Party, they're both popular and social. And social. <laughs> they're very people people. Uh, extroverts. The Extrovert Party got 5.5%. Extrovert Jesus Party. Uh, and then he had, you know, some 1% performers down there. Well, okay. with, which who were all leftists of various of sorts. Of different types. Okay. The Communist so really, Party of Nicaragua. They have kind of a, not a great record. Mm. Uh, they were, ex, they were kind of radicals expelled from the old Nicaraguan Socialist Party, which was like uh, pro Somoza actually. Oh. Because they liked some of the first guy's early social reform oh, stuff, populist yeah, yeah, things. Yeah. Uh, but then they just kind of like got ugly with that, you know, like mm. why support the Samosas. But these were the radicals of that, who later themselves join like a right wing coalition what against the, the Sandinistas. So they're they're like shitty. They're no, not, they're they not don't real. know what they're yeah. doing. They're confused. Yeah. The big story here is the Sandinistas win mm-hmm. uh, this, but people call it illegitimate because. So it sounds like the conservatives and like the moderates sat out. And I guess some of the liberals too. Yeah, like this matter, this uh, the that front that uh, yeah the front the Democratic Coordinating Committee. Yes, the Social Christians. It just sounds like they throw lame parties. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they look like kind of like sock Dems or Christian Democrats, basically. Okay. Then you have the Social Democratic Party, which is described as a right wing political party, not very social democratic, I no. guess. And then the Constitutional Liberal Party is is still a thing. Uh, they are center right, sort of. So yeah, like conservatives, centrist mm-hmm. sort of thing. Okay. Again, just at the instigation of the U.S., who yes. said like, "Hey, we're not going to do this." Okay. <laughs> uh, but these were were described even by you know groups that are frequently critical of left wing countries and they say oh this is not a very free election these are described as free elections fair and free mm-hmm. every pretty much every observer outside of like ronald reagan's america <laughs> said 
this is this was a free and fair election. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so annoying. Uh, yeah. So the the U.S. said, "Well, fine. We're going to do a trade embargo." You guys probably agree that trade embargoes are, but you know, maybe for a new listener or something that yeah, maybe you hasn't don't know heard this and everything. But yeah, this is just like starving people mm-hmm. just saying, "Hey, we're going to make your people suffer." suffer. A trade embargo and uh, a huge influx of aid to the Contra rebels. Okay. Yeah. So they uh, really ratcheted that up. The Contras were really violent and really brutal. We're not a show that really gets into that. But if you just read about them on Wikipedia, if you... You know, search up a documentary about them. You can get the gruesome details. Yeah. Torture. War crimes of various sorts against people they capture, military uh, opponents, civilians. They're really just doing terrorism stuff. Okay. This was also part part of the thing that makes it really bad is that it was... Their missions wasn't really focused on militarily winning objectives. They were just there to cause chaos? They were there to cause chaos, yeah. Specifically, to provoke the Sandinista government into repressing them. What? Okay. So, the problem that Reagan, you know, that the United States has always faced, even before Reagan... Uh, with Nicaragua is that they weren't playing the game that they thought (laughs) that they were accusing them of. Yeah, yeah. They're not actually doing the things. Yeah. Yeah, they're not a brutal dictatorship. They're not, you know... They have free elections. Yeah, and so the whole problem was we can't really open up a can of whoop-ass on these guys. You can't prove anything right now. Yeah, they're just doing good things for their people. (laughs) I hate it. (laughs) And so... (laughs) Okay, well, we need them to be assholes so we can kick the door in. So they're just trying to bait them. Yeah, they're, 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 and this is, I think, one of the reasons for the extreme cruelty and and Mm -hmm. barbarity of these guys is they're trying to be as gross as possible. They're trying to not only just terrorize people and and try to turn them against the regime that way, because... That's not very effective. It's going to turn people against you, too. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, but to get the regime to to turn on them and, and really crack down. To, and, like, ban them or something. And start doing repression. Okay, and shit, okay. You know? and to really become a regime versus, like, well, a democratically elected government. Yeah, I'll ban the bad guy. Like, those are bad. Like, that's... <laughs> I think that's fine to crack down on that shit. They don't super succeed at... Well, they they partially do. They don't really get, like, um, the Sandinistas to go and widespread do, do systematic terrible things. Mm-hmm. They, they, they do some reprisals and stuff, and probably some things that people individually should be, you know, held accountable for. Like, uh-huh. It's not, you know, good stuff. Definitely... Both sides did some atrocities. Yeah. One side was had like, you know, gasoline poured on the fire of their atrocities in the form of the U.S. <laughs> saying, hey, here's, you know, $69 million. Go yeah. have fun. Jesus Christ. Uh, that's about how much the U.S. funded. Based, <sighs> this is an inaccurate estimate. It's based on the numbers I can find on Wikipedia and add up together. Uh-huh. 
So maybe there's more. Probably there's more. Probably. You know? And yeah, these guys, horrible. Uh-huh. All across the board. Uh-huh. The Contras. No redeeming qualities. Yeah. So uh, like, without getting gross, give me some examples. <laughs> Is that even possible? Uh, just like broad categories? Yeah, just like, you know, go into a village and... Uh, execute just people. people, just everyone. Make people uh, not have everyone necessarily, although they did raise some villages and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, ec- uh, take people out and have them dig their own graves and then kill them. Whoa! Uh, obviously, you know, various sexual assaults. Yeah. Uh, blinding people. Spoons? Um, Whoa. Yeah. Uh, okay. Bad. It, you could go on. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> okay. I just wanted like a taste without the whole meal. Yeah. <laughs> That's... That's rough. As close as we can skirt, I think. I think, yeah. Yeah. Uh, really bad stuff. So what was the Sandinistas' response? The Sandinistas respond by increasingly focusing on this like counter-terrorism... Uh-huh. Thing meaning they have to increasingly beef up their defense, and so less and less of their resources go to providing for their people. We yeah. mentioned last time that the Ministry of Culture was one of the casualties uh-huh. of this. They're like, can't really afford this now. We have to deal oh. with these assholes. So their defense budget keeps going up and up. They also have to institute uh, a draft. <gasps> that a compulsory sucks. draft and people agreed at the time this sucks we don't yeah. like this yeah uh, people started fleeing people got mad at the government and so that was i think one avenue where the contra strategy succeeded mm-hmm. it's not really the sort of brutal um you know oh let's just go bomb our own people sort of thing that they were hoping for i think yeah but it's still he still pissed them off yeah, yeah. you know in that way, I think the Sandinistas end up losing some of their popular support because they're having to do these, they're, they're, they're drawing back on the very popular things and then having to do these unpopular things on top of that. So, uh, you know, all the while, the U.S., like we said, supporting this, mm-hmm. saying this is great. Ronald Reagan actually <laughs> said that the Contras were... The moral equivalent of our founding fathers. Whoa. Which, I mean, he didn't mean it this way, but sort of true. Kind of (laughs) true. For most of them, anyway. Uh, Yeah, and uh, it's also in 1985 that he gives his State of the Union address in February, and he issues the Reagan Doctrine. Oh, God. Okay, this one's going to be bad. I think literally any time you get a doctrine... Yeah, no one's ever like, yeah, this is my cool, chill doctrine. (laughs) Yeah, the good vibes doctrine. Yeah. We're just going to like hang out and be nice (laughs) to all the countries. No one's ever done that. No, no. Uh, The Reagan doctrine, the reason I bring this up Mm -hmm. is it's part of the Cold War, but it does specifically call out Nicaragua. All right. When he gave the speech, he said, we must not break faith with those who are risking their lives. On every continent from Afghanistan to Nicaragua to defy Soviet-supported aggression and secure rights, which have been ours from birth. It's not a great Reagan, but it's what I got. Secure rights. Like, what kind of rights? The rights to health care? 
that they already no, no, have. No, 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 no. We no, don't want that. Not that. <laughs> no, 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 no. The right to sell you shit, basically. The right to provide overt and covert aid to anti-communist guerrillas and resistance movements. <laughs> <sighs> that was basically the gist of it was we're going to pump in the money. Cool. To help terrible, terrible people do terrible, terrible things. Mm-hmm. And in the course of that... Initially, this was just like direct government money. Yeah. All right. The, the, the administration was like, here, here you go. go. Here's millions of dollars. Right. Okay. Uh, but this was kind of unpopular because people would go to Nicaragua and do like news reports uh-huh. and say, so here's like the butchery that these guys <laughs> yeah. are doing. Here's all the torture. Uh, we paid for this. Yeah. There were like these documentaries and news reports and everything on this. And people are like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> why, we're paying for why this? Why did we say yes to that? So they, they pass in Congress laws to prevent this. Okay. So one's the Boland Amendment. Uh, and there's actually a series of these. The first one uh, said that the U.S. couldn't give uh, aid to groups who were trying to overthrow the Nicaraguan government. Okay. And so they started with. Um, embarrassing that you have to make that law, but yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> we should have made it more broad. Like, can we not do this at all? That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a middle school teacher, I'm familiar with the feeling of making rules that you shouldn't have to make. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, like, I, I that's shouldn't have point. to tell you this. Yeah. First Bullen Amendment was in 1982. That was the one that says you, you can't aid the Contras to overthrow the Nicaraguan government. Please don't do that thing. Uh, And then in 1984, they amended it to... No, seriously, please don't do that. (laughs) Well, this one says to forbid action by not only the Defense Department and the CIA, but all U.S. government agencies. Okay, because that's what they did. They worked around it. Yeah. (laughs) No, come on, come on. And then in 1985, this cuts (laughs) off all funds for the Contras because what they started doing was saying, no, 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 this isn't going to the Contras for the purposes of overthrowing the Nicaraguan government. Oh, my God. This is going to help them humanitarian. Oh, ways. my like, God, yeah. these little dicks. <laughs> <sighs> Give them an inch. Yeah, so that was kind of the, the work around there. And finally, they say, no, 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 you can't do it at all, right? They're very much in the, like, backseat of the car I'm not actually touching you kind of school of thought. Like, oh, I'm not actually touching you. Yeah. Like, you can't get me. Yeah. Just ridiculous shit. <laughs> so you might think that's the end. You know, Reagan and shambles. No way around this one. No. How do you get through it this time? Private corporations? Uh, partially. They did raise private funds to do that. Uh, but that wasn't the majority of it. Okay. Uh, the majority of it would come. By just doing illegal shit. Oh, okay. That's always an option when you're a president. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's different avenues of illegal shit that they did. You want to go with the more well-known one or the more not well-known one first? I, we'll I, cover both. But. Give me the well-known one because I don't know it. The well-known one's the Iran-Contra affair. I know that one. <laughs> All right. That's where we train the guys. Or we trained the guy. Well, we trained the guys was what we said they were trained in Florida. Uh-huh. That thing. Oh, okay. And that's that was illegal because it was directly, very directly, not even <laughs> in the form of money, terrorists. but just saying like, "Hey, here's how to do shit in 
<laughs> and specifically to overthrow the government. There's nothing humanitarian mm-hmm. about military mm-hmm. training. <laughs> okay, okay. So yeah, that's for sure. But uh, this is a different thing. Uh, yeah, so the Iran-Contra affair specifically refers to the U.S. selling weapons to Iran. Okay. To like, I mean, to, to revolutionary Iran like uh, the Islamic Republic of Iran. Yeah, yeah. What does that have to do with the Contras? Well, they used that money, oh. which Israel was served as the middleman for of these exchanges. Of course they did. <laughs> uh, they used that money to give to the Contras off the books. Of course. Of fucking course. This is just like a little League of Doom situation. <laughs> yeah, this is, I don't know, something a Bond villain would be doing. Mm-hmm. or I don't know. Like, it's so... Two-bit. I don't know. It's, just, it's cartoonish. Yeah, there you go. I don't know to the extent to which this is just a, you know, ex post facto excuse or something. But uh, there were members of the Reagan administration who said, we did this. You know, we were selling weapons to Iran to try to get them to pressure Hezbollah, which is a, kind of a militant group uh-huh. um, in Lebanon, pressure them to release some of their hostages that they had. Lebanon, has, uh, Hezbollah rather, had started taking hostages there in, as part of the Lebanese Civil War. Some of those were Americans, some of those were just other Western nations, and they were, they were kind of linked to uh, Iran. So, th- you know, maybe, but I think that this was really just somebody who was willing to buy guns on this scale mm-hmm. that they wanted to sell to pretty funny slash bad because i mean we end up dealing with the fallout of that later right well in a way you can't just give a whole bunch of guns to like the islamic republic in iran and expect that to not have any consequences right yeah i mean those those weapons fuel and end up falling into the hands of different extremist groups there for sure it's not all right it's not all restricted to the to the Republican Guard there, uh, to the army there. It's also fuel to the fire of the Iran-Iraq War. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of funny because the U.S. was publicly <laughs> supporting Iraq. But we were it. selling guns to Iran? Yeah, so they were basically both sides in it there. Oh my god. Every time I learn a new fact about Reagan, I'm like, he can't be this stupid. And then it's like, no, we can. No, it's that's not. It's not even very stupid. It's just evil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, cartoonish. Like, really, you thought you could get away with that? Like, okay. Well, and then it gets exposed. Okay, you know, the whole great. scheme. Nineteen eighty-six. It's exposed in a Lebanese magazine. Some people think that the leak was from one of the members of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, mm-hmm. who like thought it was bullshit by this time he's like this is getting out of hand y'all mm-hmm. like like can you get your shit together yeah but i mean why release it then like what line did it cross for him yeah, you know yeah. initially this was kind of fine but <laughs> i was fine with the secret training camps i was fine with the secret money but this is too much right yeah <laughs> uh the weapons they were selling by the way were like anti-tank and anti-missile okay, anti-aircraft so missile shit. shit yeah not just like Rifles, yeah. <laughs> but it gets exposed. There are trials of the various administration officials. One of the more famous ones is Oliver North. I've heard that name. Um, he was like a colonel or a lieutenant colonel or something. And 
he was, I guess, famous in the trials and stuff for just repeatedly going up there and being, and they'd ask him something. He'd be like, I do not recall. <laughs> so he would just... Convenient. Yeah, basically lie. Yeah. Uh, Reagan, for his part, denied everything. Okay. He's like, no, this didn't happen. I have, I have never heard of this at all. You Did know, he later admit, would never, like, yeah, I totally heard of this? No. What? So he says, we definitely didn't sell weapons to Iran. And then, finally, when everything is, like, said and done, and they've convicted 11 people and all this shit, they said, yeah, this definitely happens. He, his televised address about this is something, like, something to the effect of, I know in my heart that, you know, these things didn't happen. We wouldn't do these things or something to that effect. Uh-huh. Uh, but the facts and everything show, you know, that some, something did happen, you know, or something like that. It's very weak. It's just yeah. like... Weird. I still didn't do anything, you know. <laughs> it wasn't uh, me, I yeah. guess. Yeah. But... Apparently some people may have done some stuff. I can't, under, you know, but never apologize. You know, never, never apologizes for that at all. What a piece of shit. Yeah. Piss on his grave. Yeah, he sucks. Uh, so, like I said, 11 people were convicted in the Iran-Contra affair of various nefarious ways to try to get around the Boland Amendment and mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of those were vacated on appeal, and the rest that weren't uh, were pardoned by George H.W. Bush. <laughs> of course. Uh, on his, in his final days in office. Uh, of course. And he was vice president yeah. under Reagan. So he fucking knew what's up. Yeah, so people speculate, and they're like... Maybe it was his plan all along. Not so much of that, but like it, he was pardoning them because if if they're if the people kept investigating along these lines, mm. shit was going to come out about his knowledge. Makes sense. He claimed to know nothing. He was like, I, I was out of the loop. It wasn't me. Uh, but he did write in his diary <laughs> that he was quote one of the few people that knew fully the details. <laughs> I so, love it. So that was a lie. Yeah, defo. <laughs> Dear diary, today I sold a bunch of rockets. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's another one who people are like, oh, George H.W. Bush. Remember when Republicans were good, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, such a cool guy. Yeah. Um, totally in on this, Very directed cool. this. You know, probably had something to do with JFK's assassination. <laughs> that's another episode. Lots of shit, yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's the Iran-Contra affair. Great. What's the secret one? Well, the less well-known one... Uh, is the CIA's probable facilitation of cocaine trafficking oh. uh, in from Nicaragua. Fuck. Okay. And it's not like the only time that we, throughout history, have allegations of the CIA doing drug trafficking. They kind of really like that, right? It's one of their things. Yeah. <laughs> they have a section on Wikipedia like drug trafficking. You have a page called... Allegations of CIA drug trafficking. <laughs> it's its own page, not even a it's section. It's got categories such as France, Golden Triangle, Southeast yeah. Asia, United States, Nicaragua, Mexico, Honduras, Panama, Venezuela, Afghanistan, and then in popular media. <laughs> if you want to get drugs off the streets, close the CIA. <laughs> You'll see a big drop. It turns out like it's all 70% C- of the drug trade <laughs> is just the CIA. Everyone else is just like a small time weed dealer or something. Well, and essentially, that's kind of what, what what the story alleges. Mm-hmm. So, 
the U.S. government like kind of knew that these Contra groups, you know, we said they were doing criminal activity and stuff. Part of that was cocaine trafficking. And they essentially knew about it from very just reports, you know, like, yeah. oh, we're hearing that this guy's doing this. We're hearing that this guy's doing this. They were sort of looking the other way, you mm-hmm. know, for a while. And then they were like, oh, actually, we love it. And we want to do more of that. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> you know, initially they they are sort of defending it, saying like, yeah, they were hard pressed for financial support. You mm-hmm. know, we didn't authorize this, but but here it is. But then they were like, yeah, actually, let's 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 help these guys. Uh, the U.S. State Department, for example, paid drug traffickers uh, with money that Congress had authorized for humanitarian assistance. What the fuck? Uh, to to kind of keep them in kind of in their you know in their influence, keep them on board, make sure they didn't didn't uh, turn sides or anything. <sighs> My God, just <laughs> humanitarian aid for the drug traffickers. Yeah, totally fine. And like, here's like, I'm not like fucking sure. anti-drug man or whatever, but right. like, I think maybe there's some other causes they could go to first. For sure. Uh, especially, yeah, they're like bad people. Also, like they're also terrorists. They're not just like a drug dealer. Yeah. Uh, the. More interesting angle of this, I think, you know, yeah, sure, okay, they're they're funding drug trafficking. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the big stories that burst out of this story of this of the U.S. kind of funding these or helping these drug traffickers and, and facilitating that was the allegation that this fueled the uh, rise of crack cocaine, the the crack oh. epidemic in the U.S. Really. Uh, yeah, this was a story called the Dark Alliance okay. series, a series of uh, newspaper stories in 1995 and 1996, written by Gary Webb. What's the story? Uh, so these appeared in, in the San Jose Mercury News, and the story says, for the better part of a decade, a San Francisco Bay Area drug ring sold tons of cocaine to the Crips and Bloods street gangs of Los Angeles and funneled millions in drug profits to a Latin American guerrilla army run by the CIA. <laughs> Basically, uh, he argues that the CIA protected these guys with Contra's connections. So that means people who wanted to get in the drug game had to like invent crack, basically? Uh, he's saying that they that they were shipping this in, making crack out of it, and mm, selling it. Okay, never mind. Okay. Uh, and and essentially protecting certain dealers. And yeah. one, of the, one of the guys involved in this uh, is a guy named Freeway Rick Ross. That's a cool name, uh, I gotta say. Yeah, Ricky Ross. It was called Freeway, but just because he he was he was like the, On the this ridiculous distributor, huge uh, huge reach, huge network. And seemingly would just get out of anything. Like, nothing could stick to him. Mm-hmm. Because he was protected by the CIA, Fuck. probably, is the thing. That's you know? crazy. Nicaraguan exile and cocaine distributor Danilo Blandon was, like, his supplier. Mm-hmm. Uh, a freeway across. He, w- he was supplying him with that, and then that was going back to the Contras. Uh, and he was basically buying it wholesale. Like, Jesus. reduced rates. 
distributing cocaine at $10,000 a kilo, less than the average street price, distributing it to the Bloods and Crips, and pocketing the extra. He was he was uh, claimed to have sold up to $3 million worth of cocaine a day. Oh, my God. Purchasing 1,000 pounds of cocaine a week. <sighs> wow. Wow, 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 wow. He operated drug sales not only in Los Angeles, but in places across the country, including St. Louis, New Orleans, Texas, Kansas City, Oklahoma, Indiana, Cincinnati, North Carolina, South Carolina, Jesus. Baltimore, Cleveland, and Seattle. Oh, my God. Okay, so basically the CIA was helping the Contras smuggle cocaine to the states and also protecting the guys in the states distributing it. Yeah. So they're just propping up the drug trade, which again, like I don't want to sound like I'm like fuck drugs and like, right. That's not what we're saying. Drugs, like yeah. that's not what it is. It's just that like, but the, the government, hypocrisy of it. Yes, yeah, uh, just say no, Reagan. Yeah, exactly. His CIA is the one doing this. <laughs> yeah, it is the Spider-Man meme of like stop doing drugs. It's like well, stop distributing drugs. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's the thing is yeah we're not we're not anti. Uh, I guess we're pro legalization. Yes, in general, it's just. I don't know. It's, you, you can't play the police and the bad guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's that's the problem. Is like the and like the effects of like the crack epidemic and just the the drug wars in general. Like that rapidly increased incarceration rates and like has a huge effect. So like it just in this system that's not going to work. You know. Yeah. And I mean, it makes sense from their point of view, if you want to take a step back and say, not only are we getting this this uh, extra money mm-hmm. to do what we want with, we're setting people up, because we're not going to go after this guy. We don't care if this guy no. distributes this stuff. It's kind of good for us if he does. Because now we have more criminals to catch. Exactly. Which means more people to enslave. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Following one drug bust, a Los Angeles County Sheriff remarked that uh, Freeway Rick Ross's men had, quote, better equipment than we have. <laughs> and that, that's, so there's a lot of complicated kind of angles in this story, but this was the, the gist of it, that the CIA was helping uh, these, you know, drug distributors both to flood the streets with crack cocaine, and, and especially in minority communities, mm-hmm. uh, and then use this money to fund the Contras in Nicaragua. Jesus. This guy that we mentioned, uh, Blandon, when and when everything did fall apart after the whole scheme and he was, you know, arrested and stuff, he, mm-hmm. he cooperated with the DEA, spent 28 months in prison, became a paid government informant, <laughs> and received permanent resident status. Cool. Cool dude. And this was Freeway's supplier, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But Ross was also released early after cooperating in an investigation of police corruption. Uh, he was rearrested a few months later in a sting operation arranged with Blandon's help. <laughs> the article suggests that this was in retribution for his testimony in the corruption case. Wow. Okay. Some back and forth there. Yeah. Uh, one of the interesting aspects of this story is it becomes this big, you know, scandal. The government did, you know, did an investigation of itself. <laughs> and totally found trustworthy. Yeah, they found no evidence of the allegations, you know. Oh my God. Uh, and then mainstream papers like the Washington Post, the New York Times, uh, the Los Angeles Times, mm-hmm. 
They all took turns using Webb as a punching bag and discrediting him and picking through this pretty small town paper, you know, picking through his article with a fine tooth comb, trying to find anything they could (gasps) to discredit the story overall. Oh, my God. There's no reason why all these papers have to go on this. Uh Uh-huh. There, there doesn't have to be a conspiratorial angle there. They all serve the same establishment. Yes. But it, you know, I wouldn't put it past the government to get on the phone and uh-huh. make a few calls and say, hey, can you figure out about this web guy? But even without that, I think they probably still would have jumped Just on it. God, that's insane. And so they start publishing criticisms of it and saying, like, this little thing and this little thing. This, and this doesn't little add thing. up and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Every, and, and, I mean, the guy's writing kind of a speculative story because of the nature of the, of yeah, the situation. Yeah. You know, he can't get everybody on record. He has to deal with people who have shady pasts. And, mm-hmm. and like, you can say, oh, you're going to take the word of this guy who's on trial for, for drug trafficking. And like, what yes, else am I supposed to do? It's a story do? about drug trafficking. Yeah. yeah. His paper throws him under the bus. Oh, my God. And says, like, this didn't meet our editorial standards, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he ends up unable to get a job in another major newspaper. Uh, he's still, like, writing independently and stuff at the time. But things just don't go as well yeah. for him. He's unable to afford his mortgage payments. Oh. His his life just kind of starts falling apart. Dude, that sucks. And he ends up uh, committing suicide oh. in 2004. By shooting himself in the head twice. Okay. So. A little weird. Yeah. This is technically something that can happen. It doesn't happen very often, but it can happen. It does look more suspicious that someone who reported about the CIA secretly selling uh-huh. drugs uh, then commits suicide in this fashion. Yeah. A little bit sus. And so, I don't know. My, my line of thinking on this is that either... The CIA just had him killed mm-hmm. directly or through middlemen or whatever. Or they indirectly caused a suicide yeah, by ruining they encouraged his life. Him. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I guess I personally lean more towards the like it was an assassination mock up sort of thing. I think you know? so. But the other one to me is is my backup sort of uh-huh. like well like even they still so, fucking caused it. Yeah. Yeah. It's still on you. Yeah. Either way. So that's a less well-known one. Uh-huh. It's still well-known, sort of. But yeah, like I it's, think I've heard heard tale of that. Crimes abound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, in 1986, Nicaragua took its case for the U.S. You know, the U.S. keeps fucking with us. They took this case to uh, the International Court of Justice. And they said the U.S. has been violating international law. They've been interfering in our country. Yeah. Here's all the shit they've been doing. And they win their court case. <gasps> the, the ICJ said, yes, you guys uh, have <laughs> been, uh, you know, you mined their harbors. They, they put mines in, mm. the, in the heart to blow up ships Fuck. and enforce the, enforce the embargo. Uh, you guys have been funding militants in their country, mm-hmm. all this, right? They win that court case and the U.S., says, uh, hmm, we don't agree. We don't agree to any of these proceedings. <laughs> they weren't there or involved with it because they were like, you don't have jurisdiction over us. Fuck, are you kidding me? No. Uh, then the court case is decided and they say, well, you know, here's... This doesn't count. Here's what's gonna, <laughs> here's what's gonna happen. You know, I mean, you guys basically owe Nicaragua for all this shit you've done. Uh-huh. But the enforcement of 
the International Court of Justice is through the UN Security Council. Mm, fuck, and guess who's on that? Mm-hmm. So the U.S. Uh, blocked that. They just, you know, vetoed any enforcement of it whatsoever. Fucking, ugh. And they kept that up all throughout the Sandinista's time in power. So they kept doing shit? Yeah, so they they, they kept up the Contra war. They kept putting the pressure on them. And the way the whole war with the Contras winds up, the way that kind of concludes, is based on the aid that Nicaragua is getting. So uh, the Sandinistas are getting. Their only sources now are like Cuba and the Soviet Union. Yeah. Versus the U.S., which is pouring millions of illegal dollars into it by this point. By the mid-1980s, their main ally or main material ally, the Soviet Union is no longer interested in giving aid to other countries. Yeah, they're they're dealing with their own problems. Yeah. So this is when they're they're starting their withdrawal, they're starting mm-hmm. their liberalization, you know, re- redirecting resources toward Pizza Hut commercials. <laughs> so the other part of the story, it's not just that Soviets were the Soviet aid was drying up. Uh-huh. US aid was also drying up on the other side. Oh. After Iran-Contra comes to the surface. This is like in 86 and stuff. The Contras are, you know, less able to carry out their shit. The Contras, by this point, were sort of reduced to just terroristic activities. Like, mm-hmm. they, they tried to put together some offensives or whatever, but didn't really work. Yeah. Uh, they were not really able to hold Nicaraguan territory. Uh, they're, you know, still outside the country, still in Honduras, still just doing raids, basically. Mm-hmm. And the war was just very unpopular. You've got to remember yeah. that this is essentially transplanted for, you know, imported from abroad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in polling, this is 1988 when the peace process starts to happen. Uh, most people still identified with the Sandinistas, mm-hmm. but it's only like 28%. Really? Yeah. All the opposition parties have like around 9%, 59% don't identify with any party. Because they're just like, I'm just tired of the bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 85% of them opposed further U.S. aid to the Contras. Yeah, for fucking sure. People said the war was the largest problem. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, basically wanted that to be done. Yeah. So, by this point, with both sides really losing the fuel to their fire, they wanted to... End of the conflict. Everybody agreed it was shitty. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of why, that's sort of what brings them to the table. They have this big negotiation process uh, that results in the Sapoa Accords in March of 1988, where they have uh, five Central American presidents meeting to, to kind of hammer this out. The sides agreed to a voluntary demobilization of the Contras. Mm-hmm. The Sandinistas aren't going to demobilize because they're the government. (laughs) We can't really unarm ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. So they're like, okay, these rebel groups, they're going to disband. We're going to have elections uh, February 1990. That's kind of what they prepare for. The elections in 1990 uh, are open and democratic. For reals? (laughs) I would say sort of for reals. Uh, The U.S. did... Uh oh, what did we do? Uh, 
approve $9 million for the promotion of democracy in Nicaragua. Mm, what does that mean, I wonder? Well, $2.5 million of it was set aside specifically for uh, the opposition party... Uh, <sighs> um, that party. Coalition. Yeah. Uh, which was called the National Opposition Union, or UNO. <laughs> UNO. Yeah. Okay. They were a, a hodgepodge of 14 political parties. Jesus. Including, like we said, the, the communists, the quote-unquote, yeah, the, the confused communists. communists. Yeah. And so they are the ones who actually end up winning uh, the election. Oh, know. Fuck. Okay. Now, it's not also not, you know, they got money from the outside. The factors that involve their win. Uh, for one, you have the outside money. For another, you have the increasing unpopularity of the measures that the Sandinistas were taking as a result of the war. Yeah, like the draft and stuff? The draft, the cutting back on social programs. Mm -hmm. It's not like those other guys are going to not do the draft and and reinstate social programs. Like, that's not what they're going to do. Right. But they could present themselves as an alternative. I'm not that guy. Yeah. They could say, hey, we... The other thing they could say is... What if we don't win? Like, mm. what if the rebel groups start doing rebel group shit again? Fuck. Right? They're don't holding you want, the country hostage. Don't you want an end to the war? That was a big part of it. Yeah. Is people said, well, the guys are you know the guys who were fighting the war were anti, mm-hmm. you know, Sandinista. We probably should not put the Sandinista back in charge because maybe the war starts again. God, that sucks. Uh, another part of it was just threats. Uh, villages, uh, you know, across the country, especially in uh, closer to the border areas, uh, reported that rebel groups had come by and threatened them and said, "You better fucking vote." Yeah, or... if you guys vote for for the Sandinistas, then maybe we come in here and raise the village. Jesus Christ! Yeah, so it's not like it's completely free and fair. Yeah, that one gets whatever. some quotation marks around it. Yeah, the leader of the of Uno, the winner of that election was Violeta Barrios de Chamorro. Okay. Who was the widow of the assassinated journalist. Oh. From last time, uh, Pedro Joaquin Chamorro Cardinal. Okay. That was, she was his wife. Interesting. So yeah, it was kind of a full circle thing. Yeah. Uh, she was the leader of Uno, so they won with 54.7% of the vote. It's not that much. No, to, to the Sandinistas had 40.8%. And yeah, that was the election of 1990. Okay. And with that, they rolled back a lot of mm-hmm. uh, what the Sandinistas had done. Privatizing the fuck out of everything? Yeah. Yeah. The uh, usual stuff when it, communists get out of power. It wasn't as extreme. <laughs> you know, they couldn't, they really couldn't do as much of the repressive stuff as they wanted to. And from there, you enter into post revolutionary Nicaragua. And it's interesting. It's not going to be the scope of, of what we're really talking about. But mm-hmm. I think a little bit of context is good to give to people just so they understand what we've been talking about historically compared to Nicaragua today, maybe. Mm-hmm. The evolution, broadly speaking, goes that Chamorro's government was more right-wing. And they had a series of, of governments after that that were uh, also right-wing. Uh, 
Ortega and the Sandinistas lose several elections after that. But they're not losing to the same group. Yeah. Uh, the, the UNO coalition falls apart. The next election in 1996, they lose to the Constitutional Liberal Party. Sounds uh, like a nerd-ass party. It was sort of an alliance thing. Like, they were the main guys in it. But um, they lose to them. If I met someone who said they're a constitutionalist liberal, I'd be like, I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> Go away. You're boring. Fuck off. Uh, it's not till 2006 that they regain uh, control, the oh. Sandinistas. Okay. Did. But the thing is that in the meantime... Some bad shit probably happened, eh? Yeah, in the meantime, they, in that wilderness period, lose some of their edge and face more and more criticism. Yeah. By 1995 they have like a split. But not like in a in like a ideological split. Mm-hmm. More so in a leadership sort of split. Mm, okay, bullshit. There's <laughs> I don't know, but the group is called the Sandinista Renovation Movement. Okay, what's that and for? They said essentially that Ortega had centralized control under himself and that the gover- that the uh, party was becoming was like losing its connection to what it once was was mainly just a vehicle for getting Ortega in power was lo- I guess maybe losing touch with the people and this was another thing that a kind of another tension of when the Sandinistas were in power was this tension between People in the party who wanted to do more of what autonomous groups, just social mass organizations sort of wanted to do. Yeah. Versus top down, let's make big changes. Yeah. You know, and some of the the, the more the bigger successes that they had in terms of the literacy campaign and healthcare and stuff came from those top down things. Mm-hmm. That wasn't like popular grassroots. I mean, that was just like, let's lay this down. Yeah. You know. In doing that and in kind of like not really listening to or giving room for more grassroots stuff, this sort of played a role in them not having as much popularity yeah. in those end days. Yeah, you know? like being perceived as too controlling and which is weird because like they originally started out as such a like amalgam of groups. Like you think they would remember that and be like, hey, it's cool if you want to go do your own thing, you know? Yeah. There were elements of that in the party, but not in the leadership mm-hmm. uh, central committee sort of thing. Yeah. You know? uh, but anyway, by 1995, this there was this sort of splitting of the party. And to me, the way, the best way I can read it is that Ortega, I think, did get more and more control in the party, like centralized more under himself, did kind of make it to where the party you know people within that had to more agree with what he was doing or what you know he how he saw things and then aimed the party more at getting elected getting back into power at the expense of anything else yeah another thing that i read about ortega and kind of the leadership of the sandinistas was that in the last days before they were ousted in the election, they gave away, like, uh, properties and stuff that they thought were going to be nationalized or re-privatized. Oh. Yeah. Uh, 
national properties that they thought were going to be privatized in the next government. Uh-huh. They gave them away to like themselves. Oh, that's shitty. The argument went at the time that they were going to use that to like fund the party and stuff. Mm. But from my understanding, I don't think they did that. I think they just kept them. (laughs) Okay. Which is shitty. Yeah, yeah. That's not a good look. So bad if true. Again, I think that's correct is that they did not actually get rid of that. And they called that the pinata. Like Mm. people (laughs) popularly said, this is fucking ridiculous. Uh One of the things that Ortega changed in his stance, or the party changed in its stance over this time, was to become much more anti-abortion. No. Uh... Ortega previously claimed to be an atheist, but then got way more like Catholic and uh-huh. was just basically a public Roman Catholic. Uh, <sighs> and in 2006, they endorsed a strict law banning all abortions in Nicaragua. Fuck. Um, yeah. The other thing that they did that I thought was like, well, this is really aiming to get elected, but is sort of... Bad? Yeah, it's sort of compromising, is uh, forming something called El Pacto. Okay. Uh, it's what it's called in Nicaragua. The pact uh, between the Constitutional Liberal Party uh, and the Sandinistas. Mm-hmm. They basically yeah. made some changes to the electoral law. To try to make it, you know, harder for like smaller parties to get stuff, made it easier for them to, for votes to, uh, for seats, apportionment, bullshit, boring okay. stuff. Uh, but one of the parts of it was kind of like a, like power sharing. Like if you win or I win, we get like spots for our guys uh-huh. in the government. Uh, and they they made this with the the guy at the time I forget his name, but he was Alaman, uh, but he was like uh, under. Huge investigation for corruption. The guy was like robbing the country. Uh-huh. Terrible dude. But by putting this sort of deal together, which again looks, looks kind of shitty. Yeah. Uh, it, again, weird, boring electoral stuff, uh, made it to where the Sandinistas were able to get elected in 2006. Oh, weird. That's a little shady. In doing so, they, they've made some changes in their second time in office that were good. Like they had some positive indicate. You know how they vastly improved things in their first time in office. They did do some good stuff in this one. I don't want to discount that. Uh, but it seems more of kind of a shadow of its former self. Mm-hmm. More uh, surface level stuff. Yeah, and... I mean, from what I can read, even on, like, the left, there's criticism of that project. Yeah. There's, uh, we mentioned the abortion thing and the religion thing. There's personal allegations on Daniel Ortega as well. Mm. Uh, His stepdaughter uh, came forward and said that there there had been sexual abuse. Oof. There and then at some point she recanted or didn't recant. There's stuff there, mm-hmm. uh, but that's not good. No, definitely not. But that's more of a personal thing. The yeah. Party wise, people say, people kind of argue, is this you know a good project or not? Basically, like or, or what's good and what's bad. You yeah. shouldn't just try to label it one way or the other. In the 2010s, they had 
protest movements. 2014, and then in 2018, kind of up through 2022, they had different protest movements going on there. At first, I think against an austerity measure. Okay. Some Something of raising a tax and cutting, raising retirement age or cutting oh. retirement benefits or something like that. That kind of blossomed more into, we don't like the Sandinistas because they won that election in 2006 with like 38% of the vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the uh, next election in 2011, they won with 62% of the vote. Mm. And then in 2016, 72% of the vote. Wow. And then in 2021, 75% of the vote. How? Depends on who you ask. <laughs> so, again, not really the scope of what we're saying, but there's criticism. People yeah. say, is this free? Is this fair? That sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, in the most recent, that 2021 election, uh, lots of the candidates ended up jailed for some period of time <laughs> before or during the election. Okay. There, uh, There's arguments, though. People say they could have been involved in the protests. And the reason that that's even an argument and not just like that's worse. Yeah. Right. Is uh, that depending on who you ask about that the protests are either there's a spectrum of course but like just general grassroots Mm -hmm. angst and things like that uh and how much of that is actually like foreign sponsored coup type Mm -hmm. color revolution looking things okay do we i don't know i mean that yeah that's i read like a couple articles on that and it's i like i said i just wanted to kind of Prescribe the scope to just the Nicaraguan Revolution stuff out basically till yeah. 1990 because that stuff was too complicated to yeah, figure out. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, unclear. Maybe we'll find out in 20 years when a guy writes about it and yeah. then he gets killed. It turns out, yeah, it turns out the CIA <laughs> was behind all of it. Oh, uh, um, okay. But that's sort of leading up to today, basically. Yeah. So, Daniel Ortega is like currently still in power, the, the president of Nicaragua. Sandinistas are in power there. And yeah, people argue of, is this a genuine leftist project? Is it something that's lost its way? Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, sweetie. You know, what's going on there? Yeah. So it's something I'm, I'm interested in, in reading more about. But like I said, I was really trying to get into the origin story here because there was a lot. Yeah. You know, so much, you know, two parts worth of, <laughs> of, of shit there. So yeah. Yeah, that was rough. They were up against a lot of fucking stuff. Yeah. It does, I mean, to me at least, sound like they did lose their way. It sounds like they got a little too invested in electoralism and in trying to find compromise with these, like, really shitty groups. I, I understand why those those urges are there, and I understand, you know, wanting to compromise and wanting to do that, but, like, it just, you can't really compromise with fascists. Yeah. Because <laughs> they'll beat you every time. I think I'm inclined to, well, I'm definitely inclined to distrust the U.S. You know, oh, so. for sure. They just this was a little, <laughs> the the main character in this was not Nicaragua. It was the CIA, and it was fucking Reagan. Like, wow. Yeah, wreaking complete destruction, you know, and and death and barbaric just torture, nasty shit on yeah on people just trying to build better lives for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, just you can't have that here. No. Can't have a good example. So I'm, you know, I'm inclined to distrust them. As far as the modern picture of Nicaragua goes, 
distrusting them doesn't mean necessarily signing on to whatever, whoever their opponent is. Yeah. You know, and it, so, you know, I mean, listeners, if you guys have any resources we should be checking out on this, to me, it's hard to kind of suss out, like, who's a good source mm-hmm. uh, for this stuff. So I've, I did a little bit of work on it and then called it off. I was like, no, <laughs> this I'm, is too much. I'm just going to draw my line earlier than this. But <laughs> just for future avenues of research, I'd yeah. be interested yeah. in checking that out. Just because you don't want to be one of the people that's like, anything the U.S. does is bad, so I'm going to go, like, say Putin is good. Or exactly. You know? Yeah, like there's lines. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can tell both people in a, you know, both sides in a situation that they're shitty. Yes, like. definitely. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, cool. That's the story of the Nicaraguan Revolution. Thank you for telling me a tale. (laughs) Next week, which for us was going to be tomorrow because we're (laughs) stacking up some recordings, uh, we will cover the book, uh, The Ragged Trousered Philanthropists. It is available on Project Gutenberg for free. Uh, It's real fucking long. It's like 400 pages if you are reading like his full page PDFs. I guess read fast. Um, <laughs> the book is by Robert Trussell. Uh, and then the graphic novel is adapted by... Sophie Ricard. Okay. And that's a bit shorter, no? Yes. Okay. Uh, much shorter. I mean, it, it has to be. As someone who's made a graphic novel, if you went through that thing scene by scene, like you'd be drawing that till you die. Including the <laughs> including like the cover and all the, the all the pages. On I'm doing it on like a like a Kindle. 336. Okay, okay. Pages. So, still long, but graphic novels read faster. It's good. It's, it's the it's... curse of graphic novel, of making them, is you spend three years on them and people read them in 30 minutes. So, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful, though. I'm like, excited to see it's it. It's pretty. Um, the characters have such uh, such nice faces. Even, even like the bad guys are still kind of look cutesy. It is kind of a cute so, style, I was surprised. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we'll be going over that, and yeah, it's a it's a banger. Get reading either format. For sure. There's also some movie adaptations. So. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Question: Did we get any? Have we acquired or amassed any feedback? Mm. Yes. On what we should do. I pull up the stats. We can cut this part if it's boring inside baseball to people. Okay. On Instagram, we got 24 votes for shooting the shit, and 11 votes for the Americans. Okay. On Twitter, um, let's see. That's two to one. Yeah. Uh, but on Twitter, it went the other way. Um, two people for shooting the shit and five people for the Americans okay. on Twitter. Yeah. Um, we did get some emails, which I mentally count those as two votes because you like stopped and wrote us an email. <laughs> well, yeah. Although maybe that's ageist if they're an older person. I don't think you know, so. I don't know who... Get our inbox. I feel like we only do emails for like work and stuff though. Young people? Younger people. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I <laughs> email okay. We got we got one for the Americans on there. And I know in Patreon we got one another vote for shoot the shit. So it's kind of split right now. I'd say more are interested in shooting the shit. Was anyone like, Don't do this shit. Like, keep churning them out. <laughs> one person was like, I thought y'all had a really long backlog and I was like I mean, we do, but... We have a backlog of topics. Yes. We don't have a backlog of research. Exactly. That's the difference between writing it down and saying, yeah, I'll totally research this and actually sitting down and fucking doing it. Yeah, maybe we'll just increase the frequency that we do shoot in the shit. We, we usually try to limit that. 
but we could we could oh i see yeah. test it out like once a month we do it or that wouldn't be bad that yeah would, that would still give you like an occasional break mm-hmm so yeah more news to come on that again if you feel really fucking strongly about it send us an email and i will count it as two votes yeah and uh <laughs> we don't do enough of this either maybe people like that we don't do enough of this but it's fine might help us get some more money out to mutual aid people is uh if you're not a patron mm. you can join our patreon mm-hmm. and give some money does it have like a tier setting or anything on that no it's just five bucks a month okay um oh and yeah i i made those donations this week oh, um nice. it was let me pull up the money it was a lot um that you guys did yes yes this is all y'all 553 dollars each to uh, North Texas Rural Resilience, which is like a uh, harm reduction kind of for like drug addiction in, in DFW. Mm-hmm. Um, DFW Mutual Aid, and then Say It With Your Chest uh, DTX, which is like part of Dallas Liberation Movement kind of. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Three great organizations got uh, the money that we made last year. Excellent. So 553 each. So I think it came out to like, I don't know. 1600 or 16 something. 16-something, yeah. And... Um, Great job, y'all. Yeah, excellent. And you can join that, too, by mm-hmm. signing up on the Patreon. And you get uh, the notes. You get the notes. Um, recently, also, this this actually had been requested a couple times, was the full version of our, our theme song, which is just a MIDI file that I fucked around with in GarageBand for an hour. So, <laughs> but if you're into that, it's available on our Patreon um, as a download, so you can get that. Awesome. Uh, All right. I guess we'll see each other next time. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Hey there, comrades. Just jumping in to remind you of all of our social media. We are on Twitter at Teach Communism, Instagram at Teach Me Communism. You can shoot us an email. That's teachmecommunism at gmail.com. Any of those places are good to send us an episode suggestion or a question, anything you think would be useful feedback for us or just your admiration. If you want to admire us in a public manner, and you should, you can go to Apple Podcasts to give us a review. It is the best way to help people find the show. Love when people write and review us. Please do both. We are also on YouTube, if that's how you prefer to listen to podcasts, or if you know someone that's the only way they'll listen to podcasts, send them to our page. And we have a Patreon. For five bucks a month, you get access to our notes for each week's episode, including the backlog of notes, which is a very handy resource for up-and-coming commies. And at the end of the year, all of the funds from Patreon will be given to local mutual aid in the DFW area. So, ain't going to line our pockets. Finally, we have merch. Check us out at Tee Public. You can find shirts and I believe also stickers and magnets and all kinds of fun stuff with catchphrases from the show or episode art, stuff like that. The link to that store is in the show notes, so check that out. Okay, that's all the internet. Join us next time for another episode of Teach Me Communism, where the class struggle is always in session. Bye, y'all.